A reading from Matthew 25, 41-46. Then he will say to those on his left, Depart from me, you who are cursed, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger and you did not invite me in. I needed clothes and you did not clothe me. I was sick and in prison and you did not look after me. They also will answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or needing clothes or sick or in prison and did not help you? He will reply, Truly I tell you, whatever you did not do for one of the least of these, you did not do for me. Then they will go away to eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. Nathan, wasn't it about a month ago or even a little longer that you actually preached on Matthew 25, this Mm -hmm. very same uh, verse? Yeah, September 24. And uh, it was quite a sermon. It was quite a kind of an event around the church. It was kind of a game changer. Um, But I, what, what, what I focused on when I read this uh, prior to us for, uh, sitting down and chatting about it is how blind the people were about what Jesus was really talking about. Right. Truly, I tell you, whatever you did, for, uh, did not do for one of these, you did not do for me. Then they will go away to eternal judgment, but the righteous... Well, I think it's when we're talking about this tomorrow that they say, we didn't see you. Where were you? And it's kind of like a, a, a I think, a problem we all have uh, in that Jesus is telling us about God's heart whether uh, a person is laden with riches or is impoverished and a basically living in a tent on the street, uh, every person that is bringing into this life initially anyway, has a heart for God. It's, it's not a heart that has really been circumcised yet, but it's, but within each one of our hearts, there's kind of uh, a recognition, not in our consciousness, but our subconsciousness, that there's something more to to this thing we call life than just the events surrounding us. There's, there are deeper motivations for doing things. And so they sort of are very worldly when they say, we didn't recognize you. Uh, They would have recognized them if they had a heart for God at that point, because they would have uh, seen the, the face of Jesus, mm-hmm. uh, which is love, um, not only for what well, for every creature, every human uh, that has come into the world. At least that's my take on it. Yeah. Yeah, we, I talked in that sermon about the quartet of the vulnerable, which is a phrase by Nicholas Walterstorff, the widow, the orphan, the sojourner and the poor. And it's a common thread throughout the entire Bible from the earliest pages to the last God's concern for the poor. And this, this is probably the most vivid 
text in all of scripture that depicts God's concern for the poor. It's the judgment seat of Christ, where he's going to separate the sheep from the goats based on those who shared his concern for the poor and those who didn't. And uh, I think one of my discoveries when I was working on that sermon was this thing you're talking about where the people didn't see it, right? But in, in both cases, for the people who did have concern for the poor, who clothed the naked, who visited the prison, fed the hungry and all that stuff, they say, Lord, when did, when did we do that to you? Mm-hmm. And in their case, they didn't know they were doing it necessarily because it was fruit, right? It's like the John 15 example. If you abide in him, you'll bear much fruit, which means you'll do his good works. And if it's fruit, it's spontaneous. It's not, it's natural. It's, you don't, it's not, it's not so contrived. You don't know you're doing it sometimes, but in the case of the negative ones, which is what today's scripture is, they're like, Lord, when did we do that? It's almost like they didn't have eyes to see the poor. Um, Mm -hmm. And how often I think that's true. If I can confess in my own life, Mm -hmm. you know, when I walk from the train to a building or when I, whatever, I encounter somebody who has needs, I have an amazing ability to just blind my eyes to their needs. I just keep walking. I keep moving. I skip that email or, you know, so in their case, in our case, in the second category, the goats, as it were, <laughs> we use it as an excuse. I didn't see them. I didn't see you, Lord. But in the other, in the sheep's example, it's because it's fruit. It's, it's a different reason, I think. Mm. That was one of my discoveries during the sermon preparation mm. back in September. David, any thoughts? Yeah, I've just been thinking about this idea of, you know, how when we become Christians, the Holy Spirit comes to live inside us, right? So there's Christ in us. But in some ways, this passage broadens that idea. Um, Because every human is created in God's image, right? And Jesus is God. So by nature, every human that's living has Christ in them in a way. Mm. And so when we do good things to one another, uh, whether we're doing good things for Christians or not, and whether it's Christians doing good things or not, uh, it's like we're doing these things unto Christ, whether we know it or not, which I find very interesting. But it's it's almost a broadening of that idea of Christ, not just in, wow. in Christians, but Christ in all people. Yeah. When, when he says you did it to me. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I have one last uh, kind of concluding thought here, and that is uh, a while back we talked about the, the, the great commandments, uh, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind, and to love your neighbor as yourself. And right here we're talking about our neighbor. But this reminds me of the other thing we said is the second level of love, your neighbor, um, is an impossibility without the first love, God. Hmm. That connectiveness with God, which Jesus had to the nth degree, um, if we're just doing this for whatever reason we have, but it, it is not coming from through your love of God, I, I see it uh, in terms of our present world as uh, Christianity without Christ. Uh, in a lot of this working with the refugees and the, the people, uh, I think the church, in some ways, some of the churches, the maybe more traditional ones, um, turn this over to governmental agencies. Uh, and I think that's why it's not quite working 
when the church was at this, uh, they saw it as uh, a, a huge part of who they were. And um, hopefully we will recover some of that as time goes on.